I, I was daydreaming. But you know what I was dreaming about? I was dreaming it was 2020, and we were looking back at 2016, and we were remembering the end of a summer when we had about 100 people in church and something was really beginning to build. And we were just beginning our 21 days of prayer. And now in 2020, we had hundreds of people that were worshiping together. And we were remembering how it was back in 2016 when 100 people that were really fired up and really excited uh, were dreaming about God doing that. How many can dream that dream with me? Would you dream that dream with me? Amen. Amen. I believe that dream, and I believe that we're going to see that come to pass. And one of the reasons that I believe we're going to see it come to pass is because of what I'm going to talk about to you today, and that is prayer. Um, Life church is a lot of things. You know, um, uh, Taylor was just up here, and, uh, you know, in the fall he leads us in worship and uh, Crystal does such a great job, and Noah, and all that. And we got so many talented people around here. Life Church is a talented church. One of the things you may have found out if you're a guest already here today, Life Church is a friendly church. Uh, you'll find if you're around us much longer, we're a fun church. But beside all of that, what I really dream for Life Church is that we be known as a praying church. Amen. That we're known as a praying church. Uh, and a church that makes a difference with God. We are in a series right now on Galatians. So some of you are a little like wondering, what's that all about when you saw that prayer first thing come up? We're going to take a break from our Galatians series, and we're going to do it for two weeks. I'm going to do a little series within a series, then we'll go back and finish Galatians. But the reason that we are taking a break from this regularly scheduled series is because we are joining something that's going on all over the world, and that is 21 days of prayer. And uh, I'm really, really excited about it. A lot of the churches that are doing it will be praying at 6 a.m., and uh, we are going to be praying at 7 a.m. And the reason we're going to be praying at 7 a.m. is because the Church of the Highlands is going to be broadcasting from Birmingham their prayer time at 6 a.m. Well, their 6 a.m. is our 7 a.m. And so we're going to actually be joining them by live feed here in the auditorium, and we're going to be doing it on Monday through Friday for the next three weeks, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. What's going to happen is at 7 a.m. sharp, say that with me, 7 a.m. sharp, right? 7 a.m. sharp, uh, there'll be worship that comes live on the screen um, and after a time of worship, there'll be a short word that'll be shared related to the topic of prayer. And then we're going to break off and pray individually. And then we'll come back at the end of our hour and we're going to pray together as a group. And I'm praying this year that we have uh, just many of you that will choose to come out Monday through Friday. Some of you I know can't because of your work schedules. You're working 7 to 3 and, and various things. Are, but let me just tell you this. Even if you have to leave for work at 7.30... I would encourage you to come for a half hour. Come for what you can come of that uh, hour-long uh, prayer time. And we're just going to believe that God's going to do great things. And so I'm going to preach a message today, and we're actually going to do a two-week series called Pray First. All right? And so um, uh, the first scripture that's going to show up on your screen is from 1 Thessalonians five sixteen and 18, which says, Rejoice always, pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, if you're taking notes in your, in your, on the sheets there, the first fill-in of the blank for you is this. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Amen? All of us are great prayers when we're desperate. Amen? Amen. When you're, you know, when you're on the highway and that car's coming for you suddenly, you are ready to pray. But you know, um, I love the story of Daniel in the lion's den because everyone knows the story how, the, you know, Daniel is thrown in the lion's den by the king because he's, he's praying three times a day and the lions didn't eat him. Uh, but when we all know what it's like to pray when we're in a lion's den, but, uh, Daniel, the Bible says, prayed to God three times a day. He didn't wait till he was in the lion's den in order to start praying. In fact, I heard a great sermon about that one time called God Takes Care of His Regular Customers. Amen. <laughs> you know how it is when you're a regular customer, when they know your name when you walk in. You know, you don't want the first time for God to meet you is when you're in the lion's den and say, who's that crying to me, right? It's like, oh, that's Daniel. He's been praying three times a day. So, um... Pray first is what we're going to be talking about for the next two weeks. And this particular message is called um, Teach Us to Pray. But, but this idea of pray first is this, that, that we should pray before um, all circumstances. And so when I, get, uh, when I go to work, just, just say this phrase with me, pray first. So when I go to work in the morning and before I get to work, what should I do? pray first right and so i'm taking my little munchkins to school and we're driving to school and before i let them out i say god you know help them to be a leader and not a follower today we shouldn't wait and pray last we should do what pray first first, right and when it's time to eat we don't want to wait to see whether we like the food or not before we pray right what should we do Pray first, amen. Uh, you know, before I get on Facebook and, I, and I'm about to post that thing that maybe I shouldn't post, what should I do? Pray. Yeah, exactly right. And before I engage in whatever it is my particular ministry is at the church, if I'm on the sound team or the ushering team or I'm up here on the worship team, what should we do? Pray first, right. Now, I just want to say, those of you that know me well know that I'm a real positive guy. We, we call ourselves Life Church because we're a life-giving church. We're not a doom and gloom church and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not a doom and gloom preacher who's always coming to you and saying things like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But I do want to be really honest with you this morning as your pastor and say, quite frankly, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't say that lightly because I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that, that, that gets up and, and says real negative things, and I'm not a negative guy and all of those kinds of things. But I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm now 50 years old and uh, plus a little bit, none of your business, but anyway, um, 50-ish. Uh, and and, uh, and in, in my years, I, I can honestly say that I've never lived in a town in, in, in a time, and I'm not talking about who's in office and all of those kind of things. I don't think it has anything to do with who's in office and all those kind of things. I have never seen a time in my life when there's been more spiritually declined than the time that we're living in now. I mean, I really believe that, and I really believe it's happening fast. And if you've ever heard of the, um, if you've ever heard of the frog in the kettle, the idea of the frog in the kettle is, is that you can be in the kettle. A frog, when you put a frog in the kettle to cook, you put it in live, and you turn up the heat gradually, and that frog will stay in the kettle until it boils to death. 
and it won't even jump out because it happened so gradually. And I really believe, culture, uh, the, uh, church, that we're in a time when the culture has been turning up the heat on us so gradually that if we're not careful, you can't tell the church from the world. And if ever we needed to be a praying people, we need to be a praying people right now. And I want to say this too, church. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, pessimistic about the hour that we're living in because there's actually great opportunity about the darkness of the world. How many know that you can see the light greater when, the, when, when it gets dark outside? Amen. Amen. When I go to work now and my other job, and I go to my other job, let me just tell you, the Christians really stand out now. They really stand out on the job. It's, they're, they're, there's no longer just a vague difference between a, a Christian and a non-Christian. It really stands out now, and we've really got to be a praying church. And so we're, for the next 21 days, going to be emphasizing prayer in this church. Why do we do this every August? We do it every August for a couple of reasons. One, summertime can be a time when we sort of fall off the wagon if we're not careful spiritually. There's lots of distractions going on. We're traveling. We're doing all kinds of things, and it's easy easy for us to get out of our routines. <clears throat> and so at the beginning of August, we're trying to restart our routines. 21 days, by the way, is about how long it takes to start a habit. And so we're trying to start some really good habits in our lives where we're, where we're spending time with God. And so um, I know I'm asking for a sacrifice from you, church. And I know I'm a really easygoing guy and all that kind of stuff. But I'm saying if you love Jesus, if you love your mama, pray. <laughs> I'm saying we really need, as a church, uh, to pray right now. <clears throat> the scripture foretold times when that would be difficult, and it said uh, in Second Chronicles seven thirteen and fourteen. I believe it's on your screen. When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my my people, if my people. If my people who are called by my name, listen to this, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and will heal their land. Church, this morning, I'm dreaming of a dynamic church in a world that's getting darker and darker. I'm dreaming of a church that's going to stand out as a light in this city. Amen. And so in Luke chapter 1, people were noticing that Jesus had a dynamic prayer life. His disciples said, man, we want to be like you. We notice that when you come out of the, when you come out of your solitary place from praying man you're ready to face the day it just seems like uh it just seems like you're changed and so in luke chapter 11 verse 1 uh one day jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray teach us to pray and so that's what this message is about today teach us to pray in, in, in another gospel that records basically the same event, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, after they said, teach us to pray, Jesus told them how to pray, and he taught them what we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer. A lot of us learned it in the King James years and years ago. And so if you know it, just recite it uh, with me as we probably learned it growing up. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now that's a wonderful prayer, but Jesus didn't 
say that prayer so that we would make t-shirts out of it and that we would put nice posters on Facebook with it on there and put it up on our wall and do those kind of things. If if that's all that we were supposed to pray, we could go and pray for a minute and a half, recite that prayer, everything would be fine, and before we knew it, we would forget what the prayer even meant. Jesus wasn't saying the way that you pray is to recite this prayer. Jesus was saying when you pray... These are the topics that you need to cover. That when you are seeking me, and and in that prayer, there are are seven topics that are embedded in that prayer. That Jesus was saying, when you pray, you need to cover these topics in your prayer time. Now you could cover these topics in about 15 minutes time, if you spent time every day doing so. And so I want to go over with you, embedded in the Lord's Prayer, what those topics were that he said. And the first thing that he said uh, was this, and we're just going to put a little phrase to it if you're taking notes. First one he said is to connect with God relationally. He said, when you pray, don't say, Oh, thou great potentate of the universe, who could destroy us with one breath of thy nostrils. He didn't say that that's how we were to address him. He said that when we were to address God, we should come to him and say, Father, Daddy, as one person put it to me after first service, Papa. When I first met Darren Fink, he was a college student. College kids are weird, as you know. <laughs> and I, the first time we, we did a group prayer with him, we were all holding hands. And I said, why don't you pray, Darren? He goes, hey, God. Hey, God, what's that all about? Hey, God. And, you know, at first, you know, I kind of bristled. out. wasn't that a little bit disrespectful or whatever? But, you know, that's exactly what God was saying. He was saying, be intimate with me. In fact, um, Romans 8.15 says, you've not received the spirit that makes you slaves, fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Abba was the most intimate word for father that you can use. It literally means daddy. Daddy, Papa. He wanted us to relate to him relationally. And so when you pray, begin your prayer time. And by the way, you can use this as an outline through these 21 days when we go to our individual prayer time. I would encourage you, use these notes today as your outline. When you begin praying, just start addressing God intimately. God, you are my father. You are my papa. You are my daddy. And I need you today. And so I come to you, not I come boldly before your throne, not because I'm a fearful slave, but I'm your son. And you said I could come. And so I'm going to come spend some time with you. And I'm going to relate to you relationally. The second thing that he asked us to do was to worship his name. We said it. Hallowed be your name. Proverbs 18.10 said, God's name is a place of protection. The righteous can run there and be safe. There is power in the names of God. Oh, we sang this morning. I was so glad, praise team, when you were singing. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of your church. Jesus at the center of it all. 
And God, throughout the Bible, there are different names of God. And what I would encourage you to do in your prayer time is pray the names of God. And I listed some of the names. It's not in your notes, but it's up here on the screen, and you can write them down. One of the names of God is shepherd. Psalms 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd. It's Yahweh Roi. It's the Lord. It's, it's my shepherd. And, and one of the things that I've, I've learned to do, I actually had a Catholic nun friend of mine teach me this. These are breathing prayers. And she said, Phil, she said, uh, sometimes, you know, when you can't sleep at night and your brain's going crazy and you, you know, you're just trying to, to rest and you can't quiet your mind down. She said, I do these breathing prayers. And, and one of the prayers that I learned is that when I inhale, I will say, the Lord is my shepherd. And then when I exhale, I say, I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Breathe that in. I have everything that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what what King James says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Another another translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. When you can't sit accounting sheep at night, just, just start doing breath prayers. As you breathe in, just say to yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. As you breathe out, I have everything I need. You know, it really helps you sleep at night. You know why? Because the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. And the other reason it helps you sleep is even the devil helps God uh, get you to sleep because he doesn't want you quoting scripture. So you got God and the devil working on the same team. Yeah, they're both helping you go to sleep. One, because you're quoting scripture, you know. That was free. All right, so um, you are my shepherd. The other is, one of the names for God is he's our banner. And, and the idea is he's our banner of victory. And I, I was just, uh, before church this morning, I, I thought, I'm going to make that into a breath prayer. You are my banner. Breathe it in. And then breathe out, I can, I can overcome. You're my victory. I can overcome. There's, there's, some, there's some kind of battle that you're facing right now. You're my victory. You're my banner. Banner means my banner of victory. You are my banner. I can overcome. And then, and then uh, another name of God is you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. Breathe that in. And then, you know what, I, I thought, what, what would I breathe out when I breathe in you are my righteousness? What I would breathe out is I don't have to defend myself. Because if he's my righteousness, my righteousness, the Apostle Paul said, is as filthy rags. If the devil comes accusing you that you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I don't have to defend myself. You know why? Because I'm not my righteousness. He's my righteousness. Breathe that in. I don't have to defend myself. Amen. And then another word for God is he's our sanctifier. You're my sanctifier. Breathe that in. And then breathe out, I'm becoming more like Jesus. That's what it means to be sanctified. To be sanctified is that process and when you're becoming more and more like him. I'm not everything I'm going to be, but I'm not, I'm not everything I used to be. But uh, thank God I'm not everything I used to be. What is it? I'm not everything I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not everything I used to be. That's it, right. You're my sanctifier. I'm becoming more like Jesus. Another good breath prayer word for God is he's my healer. Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, uh, or Yahweh Rapha. You're my healer. Breathe that in. Sickness will not have the last word. 
Isn't that good? We prayed for my mom last week who uh, has infection from, from her cancer surgery and she had to be, she had to be, she had to go to Chicago to the hospital. But, uh, she's home now and, uh, we've been praying, Lord, you're our healer. Breathe that in. But sickness doesn't have the last word. Well, you say, yeah, but pastor, someday, someday I'm going to die of a sickness. You know, that's true. But on your dying breath, you can pray this, Lord, you're my healer. And you know what? Sickness will not have the last word. How many knows that when we go to be with the Lord, sickness does not even get the last word there? Amen. Amen. Sickness doesn't have the last word. So he's, he is our healer. And sickness can't have the last word. Breathe that in. You're my provider. Breathe that in. I have more than enough. Breathe that out. You are my peace. Yahweh Shalom. You're my peace. Breathe that in. And then what do you breathe out? I have nothing to fear. Ha. Huh. You're my peace. I have nothing to fear. Uh, one is El Shaddai. You're God Almighty. Breathe that in. You are God Almighty. Nothing is too hard for you. Breathe that out. And then I love this word, Jehovah Shema. It, it, it just simply means uh, you are there. Because you are there, breathe that in. I'll never be alone. Breathe that out. Bible, David said, if I, make my, if I go up into the highest heavens, you're there. If I make my bed even in hell, you're there. Wherever I am, you're there. I'll never be alone because you are with me. Isn't that wonderful? So in your prayer times, you begin praying the names of God in your prayer time. And then the third thing he said to pray is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray God's agenda first. You know, we're in the age of selfie. We think of prayers as a selfie thing, you know. Uh, just meet my needs. God, I'm in trouble. God, me, me, me. Everything's, everything's about me. In the prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray, he said that God has a prayer list. And if you'll be concerned about God's prayer list, he'll take care of your prayer list. And so pray his agenda first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What is on God's prayer list? You know, one of the things that I think we're praying about at this part in the prayer is we're saying, and I pray this particular prayer a lot, God, make me rejoice at the things that makes you rejoice and make me weep at the things that makes you weep. And I want to I have God's heart. So if I've got God's heart... What is it that makes God happy? And I read that when, when one sinner comes to repentance, that the angels in heaven rejoice. That there's a party in heaven every time that a sinner comes home. What if Life Church had God's heart for people who were lost? And when someone came to Jesus, we just joined God and got real excited. Woo! Had God's heart. And, and then what makes God sad? The Bible says that Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Why was he weeping over Jerusalem? He was weeping over Jerusalem because they missed their moment of visitation. That when God came to them, they didn't respond. We need to weep for our lost friends who have not yet responded. We need to weep for our lost family members who have not yet responded. And break our hearts, God, at the things that breaks your heart. And God, help us to rejoice at the things that, that, that makes you rejoice. We want to pray God's agenda first. God's agenda first. And so we pray for his kingdom to come. And so I will literally, at this point in the prayer, uh, I'll start naming things. Lord, let your kingdom come to Capitol Hill. 
Let your kingdom come to the Supreme Court. Lord, let your kingdom come to the Middle East. Lord, let your kingdom come to the school that I attend. Lord, let your kingdom come to our church. What is the kingdom of God? It's that wherever God rules and reigns. Lord, we're asking you to rule and reign in my workplace. Rule and reign, Lord, in in, in my school. Rule and reign in our country. Rule and reign in the city of Knoxville. Let your kingdom come. Pray his agenda first. Somebody said amen. Amen. And then number four is depend on him for everything. So after we prayed his agenda, then Jesus said, now pray about your own needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Psalm 121 says, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heavens and earth. What's that scripture talking about? What that scripture is talking about is when this was written, the, the mountains or the hills were considered the place of government, the, the, the place where, where, uh, the, the political structure was. And, and so what, what the psalmist is saying, I'm not looking to the government. You know, we've got a lot of people that are looking for the government. You know, if we just had Donald Trump in office, all of our problems would be solved, right? Amen. Isn't that what's happening in the polls right now? You know, if we just had a Republican, if we just had this Hillary Clinton, if we just had this, if we just had that, everything would be solved. But the psalmist says, you know what? Forget about all that noise. I'm, you know, I don't look to the government for my help. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when we're praying this part of the prayer, we're recognizing that, that, that the reason that my food comes to me is not because, because the government has provided my food, that without the Lord I wouldn't have anything, and so I'm asking God to be my provider. Amen. And so ask Him, even if you don't need it, even if God's providing you food, just, just, just ask Him, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, just to keep supplying Keep supplying. And you know what? I think it's okay to pray not only that he gives you enough, I pray that he gives you more than enough. And I know that there's a lot of controversy about this whole prosperity gospel. People praying that, that uh, you know, for new Cadillacs and new car. You know, I'd go for a new minivan personally. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being real here. But, but, uh, but uh, you know, the, I, I think the balance on this whole prosperity thing is it's okay to ask God to give you more than enough. Because I want him to give me more than enough so I can share. I, I want God, give me, a, give me enough not only so that our needs are provided, but that, so I can be generous with what you've given me. It's not wrong to pray for, for those kind of things if, if you know you're not just using it for your self-aggrandizement and, and, and to, and to you know, um, make yourself look better in the eyes of the world. But God, just bless us and give us enough and give us more than enough so that we can have enough to share. I'm dreaming of a day, Life Church, when Life Church is so blessed and, and, and God has blessed our people so much and there's enough money in the offering that we're going to build a new building because we're going to need it because all those lost people that are coming to Jesus amen Amen. come on now amen amen so depend on God for everything and it just it just reminds God that you know where it comes from I know Lord that without you God I thank you for my job but I, I don't have my job just because I'm talented and I deserved it because without you Lord I wouldn't have my job without you I wouldn't have my health Lord and so so just ask God for your daily bread God touch my family touch my kids uh, Lord it's not going to be because of my parenting skills because Lord I fall short I need you Lord in helping to raise my family 
depend on him for everything. And then, and then number five, uh, embedded in this prayer that he taught us to pray, uh, this fifth category is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Get your heart right with God and with people. That he put a place right in this prayer that we could just make it right with God. And, 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 uh, and, and so we're, we're to pray, God, forgive me of my sins. You know, sometimes we, oh, isn't it crazy to try to hide our sins from God? You think he doesn't already know? I mean, he already knows everything about us, you know. We might as well just confess, Lord, I just messed that up today. I just, I really, I lost my cool. I shouldn't have said it. I did it. And Lord, I just confess. And, and I just ask, Lord, that you'd forgive me of that today. And then, this is a really powerful time of your personal prayer time. Just make it your prayer. Man, I'm just telling you, you want something that will change your life this morning? Just make a part of your prayer time forgiving other people. Just just start forgiving them. Anybody that you just feel anything against, just, oh, God, I just forgive. I just forgive my son, my daughter. I just forgive my spouse. I forgive my parents. I forgive my coworker. I forgive my boss. I, I forgive all of those people. And you know what? Just because you forgive them one time doesn't mean that you're done. In fact, one person wrote that forgiveness is a lifetime sentence. That sometimes you forgive them today and yet ooh, it creeps up again tomorrow and I've got to forgive them again and forgive. But if you'll forgive them, no wonder Jesus came out of the mountain with a spring in his step. No wonder Jesus came out uh, excited to meet people and, and ready to heal the sick and ready to do all those kind of things because his, his conscience was clear. He was right with God and he was right with other people. It'll make a difference in your life if you show up at home and if you show up at work and you have forgiven people. Amen. Amen. Make your heart right with God and make your heart right with other people. And then engage in spiritual warfare. This is the spooky, you know, people get spooked out by this. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I hope you believe that there's an evil one in the world. You know, I heard somebody say, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the devil. You know what? The devil believes in you. Uh, one, one, person that, one person said it this way. If you're not fighting the devil every day, the devil's working harder than you are. Because he is fighting you. If you are not, if you are not aggressively coming against the enemy on a daily basis, the devil's working harder than you are. In fact, he can kind of take time off with you because he doesn't even have to mess with you if you're not fighting him because he rules and reigns in your life if you're not pushing him back. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That doesn't mean that the church is in a defensive posture and the gates of hell are out there just beating down the church and the church is just barely surviving. No, the picture is this that the church is invading the gates of hell and it is snatching people out. You can't have my son. You can't have my friend. You can't have this church. You can't have this family because we are going into the gates of hell. Amen? And we're engaging in spiritual warfare. And so in your prayer time, there's a part of your prayer time that is very specifically to be involved in spiritual warfare. Warfare. Amen. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And do not lead us into temptation is kind of a bad translation because there's another scripture that says God does not tempt us. 
what, what the actual Greek means that is, 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 uh, it, it, it means this. Do not allow us to be led into temptation. And so what it's saying is there's going to there's going to be a time in my day when 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 I'm going to be tempted and God keep me from sin when that happens. So God as temptation comes my way, don't lead me into that temptation and into that sin. But God keep me from that sin. Um and so the Bible says that we can have the full armor of God. And so one of the things I like to do is I I like to pray that Prayer where he talks about putting on the full armor of God. He says, have the, have the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's a good thing just to pray it on. Lord, today I put on your truth. I'm armed with your truth. My feet, Lord, are prepared with the gospel of peace. Lord, I've got the good news with me, Lord, and I'm, I've got the good news with me. I've got the shield of faith. And by the shield of faith, I can withstand the fiery darts of the wicked. I, I believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Just pray that on. I've got the helmet of salvation. Nothing can hit my head because I'm protected with the helmet of salvation. I've got a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And just pray, pray the, um, the, the armor of God on you uh, on a daily basis. And then finally... After engaging in spiritual warfare, number seven is express faith in God's ability. If musicians would come uh, at this time. The last phrase is, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. At the end of our prayer, we need to, we need to be expressing confidence in our God. Not say, God, I, I, I think you barely might be able to beat the devil. If you really try hard. No, yours is the kingdom. What we're saying there, here's a good scripture to pray. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heaven and the earth, and by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Mm. Don't you love it when your kids just express confidence in you? Daddy, fix it. You can do it. Nothing's too hard for you. We go to our papa, we go to our father, and we say, nothing is too hard for you. And then then Revelations 5.13, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Nothing is too hard for you. No one is greater than you. Seven topics embedded in the Lord's Prayer for us to pray during this 21 days of, of prayer. I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you this morning. I'm going to ask you if you can at all possible to be here Monday through Fridays from 7 to 8. I'm going to ask you to come and join hundreds and thousands of people all over the country who are going to be standing, standing and praying for our country, praying for our nation. One of the reasons I shared is because it's, we're kind of spiritually flabby and all that, but another reason that we do it right now is because September is often one of the greatest growing times of a church. People are going back to school. People are going back to church. People are looking for churches. People are wanting to get routines started in their lives. 
And so here in the month of August, we're going we're, we're, we're to say, God, make us ready. Lord, we don't want this harvest season to pass us by. Somebody's going to get a harvest this fall. It might as well be us. God's going to bless some church this fall because there are people that are hungry. Lord, let us have your heart and rejoice at lost people coming home. And our hearts breaking when they don't come home. We, we want to be ready for this harvest. And so we're preparing ourselves for the harvest. In fact, the, the weekend after Labor Day, I'm not even sure what that Sunday is, but it's the Sunday after Labor Day. We're going to really emphasize an open house for our church. And I want you to begin praying, even during this time, about friends that you're going to invite, family members that you're going to invite. I'm going to preach a message that day that invites people to Jesus and casts a vision of what their life can be like um, having God in their lives. And we're just going to believe for great things. My faith is really high this morning. I really sense that God is up to some dynamic, dynamic things right now. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. But nothing in God's kingdom ever comes about except through prayer.